0: Take your bibles this morning please and turn to 1st peter chapter one. First peter chapter one first peter chapter one we're working our way through first peter as living stones and we have taken this from first peter chapter two a couple of verses verses four and five and i trust that you're starting to apply those to your minds and hide them in your hearts let's read these verses together all right many of you can quote them by now i'm sure We'll start with the reference, 1 Peter 2, 4, and 5. Read, quote the verses, and then we'll finish with the reference. Here we go. 1 Peter 2, 4, and 5. As you come to him, a living stone rejected by men, but in the sight of God, chosen and precious. You yourselves, like living stones, are being built up as a spiritual house to be a holy priesthood, to offer spiritual sacrifices acceptable to God through Jesus Christ 1st Peter 2 4 and 5 you see what Peter is trying to help us understand is we need to look through the building and we need to discover the living stones people you me whom God has called to be part of this work that he is doing here in Battle Creek Calhoun Berry County living stones come in all kinds of shapes and sizes living stones For his honor and his glory living stones and this is an oldie but goodie some of you may remember that living stones communicating the good news of the gospel of Jesus Christ living stones for the honor and glory of our God now who were these living stones over the last couple of weeks we have discovered that they were elect exiles They were those who were dispersed and scattered, strangers, sojourners where they lived. But yet God in a very special way was using them to bring honor and glory to his name. But how are we as living stones, supposed to thrive when it seems many times we simply survive? I don't know about you, but I had one of those weeks. Did you? Talking with one of our men this morning, I said, it sure looked good on paper. You know, as I was planning my calendar and knowing where I needed to be and what I needed to do and all of the travel and all this other kind of stuff, it looked good. No problem. We're going to get it together. But I'll tell you what, putting it together was another issue. And I didn't realize I was going to end up connyless. How do you thrive when you're just trying to survive? Well, last week we began this message which gives to us six truths. That help us thrive where we are. Truths out of this passage of Scripture. I want to read the passage for you this morning. We're going to start with verse 1 and we're going to go down through verse 5. So you follow along in your copy of the Scriptures. First Peter chapter 1 beginning with verse 1. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ to those who are elect exiles of the dispersion in Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled, and unfading, kept in heaven for you, who by God's power are being guarded through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last times. How in the world do you thrive? Well, first of all, you have to understand that we are sanctified saints. And this has to do not only with who we are, but whose we are. Who are we? We are saints. We are set apart for the honor and glory of God. Amen? That ought to encourage you today. God has his special hand upon you. There is nothing in your life that God does not recognize. Our Heavenly Father knows our needs before we even have them. Now, it is true that we cannot control other people. Don't you wish you could? But you can't. And many times in our lives it's other people that cause us issues. Understand this and I've said it before, success in life is not, it's double negative, success in life is not not having problems. Boy, wouldn't that be a dull life. Success in life is biblically handling the problems that you have. And as you and I struggle, as we face problems, the issue is not the problems. The issue is God's plan for our lives as He develops the character of Christ in our lives. Amen? We're not to stay like we are. Don't miss the benefits of a good crisis. Somebody said that in the government one time. You can't let a good crisis go to waste. Don't let a good crisis in your life go to waste. Learn something from it. The problem that i have is i'm a remedial student and sometimes i have to repeat the lesson i don't like that god helped me to learn the lesson the first time god developed in me the character of your son the first time god helped me to remember who i am and also whose i am did you note in verse 2 whose we are now it says sanctified in the spirit But it also says, according to the foreknowledge of God, obedience to Jesus Christ. Did you see the Trinity there? Father, Son, Holy Spirit. God has it planned out. The Holy Spirit has set us apart. It is Christ's blood that cleanses us from all sin and it makes us part of the family. Amen? Don't miss what God is doing through His Spirit because of His Son in your life. We are sanctified. We are sanctified saints. But not only are we sanctified saints, we are to trust God's faithfulness. And Peter writes, grace and peace be multiplied to you. God's grace, God giving to you and me what we do not deserve, God's peace that passes all understanding to keep our hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Amen? And that is not peace that means we have no conflict. That is peace that gives us confidence in the middle of the conflict. We have a God that will never leave us nor forsake us. You see, the reality is we have all the tools we ever need. And May I skip ahead just a moment? Jump down with me into verse 3. Notice his great mercy. Look with me at verse 3 as we understand a living hope talk about that in a few moments grace peace mercy and hope it doesn't get any better than that you and I have everything that's necessary how can we be a success we're obedient to him last week I misspoke last week on this slide it said follow the rules always follow the rules that's wrong You know, you and I always ought to follow Jesus. Because frankly, I don't know what the rules are without Jesus. And there are so many man made rules that I get confused. And if I'm following Jesus, it's okay. He that saith, He abideth in Him, John wrote, ought Himself also to walk even as Jesus walked. Looking unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Now, when I do that, I will run with endurance the race that is set before me, laying aside the weights and the sin that so easily entangles me. It'll take care of itself. But I've got to follow Jesus no matter what. Amen? Only one focus in our lives. That's the author and finisher of our faith. That was last week's message. Paul now, I'm sorry, Peter now, Peter now takes a breath. I I think it's interesting because we move to verse 3 and he has one of those moments. You ever have one of those moments? And he says, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. I remember several years ago I had one of those moments. I was standing at the top of the Washington Monument looking over the mall toward the Capitol. There were two ladies that I did not know standing next to me. And I had a moment I said to these ladies I think we ought to sing God Bless America. We did. You should have heard the trio that was going on there. I still don't know their names never asked because I didn't want them to ask my name either. <laughs> but that was a moment and to hear God Bless America echo through that chamber of the Washington Monument was, it was just wonderful. Peter here says, "Let's stop a minute. Let's take a break. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord, Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Oh, I trust you've had those kind of God moments. I've trust that in your life, you have a time where you just stop and take a deep breath and look at who God is and understand what God has done. That ought to be part of our lives. Now, y'all comfortable, right? Stand with me, will you? We're going to sing the doxology. Praise God from whom all. Amen? And you can stand a whole lot better. You can sing a whole lot better standing than you can sitting. Here we go. Praise God from whom all. Praise God. Thank you, be seated. That was better in the trio than we had in the Washington Monument, I'm telling you. That was a whole choir. But have one of those moments, will you please? Stop. Take a breath. Think about who God is and understand what God has done in your life. That will help you thrive instead of just survive. So Peter goes on. To give us some more principles that we need so that we can understand what it's going to take to live the kind of life that God intends us to live. Principle number four. Now this is one of my creative acrostics. All right. We need to understand that we can know a living hope. Now don't let that be now a living hope. We can know a living hope. Verse 3. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. According to His great mercy, He has caused us to be born again to a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Peter is the apostle of hope. As you read this epistle, you understand something about hope. John would be the apostle of love. Paul would be the apostle of faith and grace. Peter's the apostle of hope. In fact, he uses the word hope at least seven times in this epistle as you read it. And you understand that our hope is in Jesus Christ. Now I want you to note that our hope is built on the great mercy of God. We talked about grace in verse 2. Grace and peace. Now, Peter says, it is God's great mercy. Now, mercy is God not giving to us what we do deserve. Grace is God giving to us what we don't deserve. Mercy is God not giving to us what we do deserve. And it is God's great mercy that gives to us this hope. You and I don't have hope in ourselves. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness, I dare not trust the sweetest frame, but wholly lean on Jesus' name. On Christ the solid rock. Amen? Amen. On Christ the solid rock I stand. All other ground is sinking sand. All other ground is sinking sand. I'm thankful that the steadfast love of the Lord never ceases, aren't you? I am thankful that according to His mercy He saved us. And I am so thankful that we have obtained mercy from a living God. And that great mercy was proved in the fact that Jesus Christ rose from the dead to give to us the promise of everlasting life. Jesus said it in John chapter 11. I am the resurrection and the life. He that cometh to me, though he were dead, yet shall he and it is the knowledge of a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ that gives to you, that gives to me hope and security of thriving when we're just needing to survive. You know, hope's an important thing. I don't know if you're a football fan or not, but the Dallas Cowboys lost hope when the green bay packers kicked a field goal with time running out on the clock. Amen, Brad? Amen. A week or so ago, Brad was wearing his green bay packer stuff in choir as the packers were <laughs> imploding. Brad said, I was going to say not doing so well. The <laughs> same weekend Pittsburgh Steelers could have won were it not for a two-point conversion that was broken on. Do you remember what happened November 26th last year? There was a little double overtime game down in Columbus, Ohio. You thought I might mention that, didn't you? (laughs) My daughter calls me at the end of the game. She says, Dad, tell me it's going to be okay. Tell me it's going to be okay. Tell me it's going to be okay. Hope springs eternal. I said, Jennifer, it's going to be okay was but we look for all of these things hope but our hope is found in the resurrection of Jesus Christ amen take your hymn books we're not going to sing but I want you to see some words hymn number 406 hymn number 406 turn there I want you to follow along as I read these words. My hope is in the Lord who gave himself for me and paid the price of all my sin, mercy, at Calvary. No merit of my own, his anger to suppress. My only hope is found in Jesus' righteousness. And now for me he stands before the Father's throne He shows his wounded hands and names me as his own. Glory! His grace has planned it all. Tis mine but to believe and recognize his work of love and Christ receive. For me he died. For me he lives! And everlasting life and Light, he freely gives. You and I need to know where our hope comes from, and it comes from the truth that Jesus is alive. Amen? Were it not for the resurrection of Jesus Christ, we would be of all men most miserable. Paul writes to the believers at Corinth. But then he says, but now is Christ risen from the dead. We need to know a living Lord. We also need to understand something about the difference between eternity and that which is temporal or temporary. Verse 4, to an inheritance that is imperishable, undefiled and unfading, kept in heaven for you. These folks were exiles. They were in a land that was strange to them. They were in a place that they would not have chosen to be their home. But they understood that there was something better ahead. The best is yet to come. You probably heard the story about the lady who was looking forward to eternity she was going to glory and so her pastor came over to visit her and she said pastor at my funeral I I have one request he said what's that she said I want to be buried with my fork I want to be buried with your fork she said yeah at our church like this church we have a lot of potluck dinners and the instruction is at the end of the meal save your fork for the best is yet to come amen desserts on the way and you and I understand that and we recognize that that which is before us is just temporary and there is something better for us and it is something that is guaranteed set aside for us it is an inheritance And what does Peter say about the inheritance? It is an inheritance that is imperishable, incorruptible in the King James. It'll never expire. Did you ever get any gift cards that you went to use about a year later and they'd expired? Boy, is that frustrating. Had that happen? Going to a restaurant. Going to use my gift card. Free meal. Well, free to me. And I lay it on, I'm sorry, sir. That will never happen with our inheritance. It never expires. It's indestructible. I mean, you can take that flashlight and you can run over it with a hummer and it will not crush. Amen? That is our inheritance. And it's undefiled. It'll never spoil. My dear wife wants to keep me healthy. And so she looks at expiration dates of food. And she even throws away good food, I think, because she's not sure whether or not it is spoiled or not. I got her. She's not home. Yesterday, I opened up the spinach dip. Oh, boy, was that a bad move. I have no idea how long that spinach dip had been in that fridge. But when I saw it looked a little hairy, (laughs) I knew it wasn't going to be good. Undefiled. Unfading. There's not much in this world that doesn't fade away, right? There's not much in this world that doesn't lose its shininess. Buy a new car and drive it for a month and find out. And it's kept secure because it's reserved. Underline that, will you please? Reserved in heaven for you. Amen. That's where it's kept. That's where the safe is. That's where moth and rust... Can't corrupt it. Thieves can't break in and steal it. That's where our treasure is. Now Jesus says where your tr- heart is, there's your treasure also, right? But I want my heart on my inheritance that is reserved in heaven, that will never fail, that will never fail, that will never lose its value. Last night I turned on TV, it was thumbing through. Ran across the Antiques Roadshow. You ever watch that? I love that show. It's a great show. But these were old ones. I mean 2009, 2010, 2011. One of the, one of the things they did, which I thought was interesting, is after the appraiser gave the value in the Antiques Roadshow, you bring an item in and there's an appraiser and he values it and tells you what you ought to at least insure it for. After that was given, we're in the old shows. They, they showed 2016 values. There weren't many that had gone up. So if you're keeping stuff for your retirement and hoping it's increasing in value, probably not. I don't mean to discourage you, but that's just the way it is. Let me tell you, the closer I get to heaven, the older I get, the more valuable that is to me. doesn't get any better and every day is like that in our lives because we're closer and the value increases and it's mine, reserved in heaven I'm not going to have to kick somebody out of my reserved seat, it's mine reserved in heaven Now how does that help us thrive? Let me just tell you that everything in our lives is temporary right now. I don't know what you're going through but it's temporary. I don't know what you're struggling with but it will pass. One of my favorite scripture sayings is, and it came to pass. Think about that. It never comes to stay, it comes to pass. And it's temporary. That's the good news. And the eternal is in glory. And God's keeping it on our behalf. Well, that brings us to verse 5, doesn't it? To remind us that we are secured by the power of God. Verse 5. Who by God's power are being guarded... Through faith for a salvation ready to be revealed in the last time. One of our greatest fears is being lost and being lonely. I've had the privilege of doing some hunting. I've hunted white-tailed deer in Manitoba, Canada. I've hunted elk in Montana. And I'll never forget in Montana, I was up on a mountain looking for an elk, and it started to snow, first time I'd been in this area. And I had heard about how sometimes when it starts to snow on the mountain, you get a whiteout and you get locked in, and you can't find your way back. I wasn't going to let that happen to me. I very quickly found my way back to camp. Now, I lost half a day of hunting doing that. But safe and sorry, you know, all that kind of stuff. And there were two fears that I had, being lost and being alone. Let me tell you, we are guarded by the power of God, and you're never lost, and you're never alone. Hmm? You're never lost. God knows exactly. Exactly. That's why Romans 8 is so important, that all things work together. God knows. And these things that work together are for our good and His glory. Amen? Amen. You're never lost. And you're never alone because He'll never leave us nor forsake us. So that we can boldly say, Hebrews tells us, the Lord is my helper! Exclamation point. What can man do to me? Nanner, Nanner, Nanner. Really? What can man do to me? Written across our lives is the fact that God understands that nothing will ever separate us. From him. I don't care. We are guarded. The word's a military term. They've set up the perimeter. And nothing's going to get to us. And we are guarded by God's power and it doesn't get any better than that. Through faith that will be revealed in the last time. Are you surviving? Or are you thriving? Peter wants us to thrive. And in the middle of that is the great doxology, blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. And all God's people said, Let's pray together. Father, thank you so much for your love and the opportunity we have to understand that nothing will ever separate us from your love. Work in our lives. Develop in us the character of your Son. and Help us just to keep looking unto our Savior, Jesus Christ, who is the author and finisher of our faith. as we run with endurance the race that is set before us. We love you, Father. And we love you through Jesus, and it's in his name we pray.